Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Well, welcome, welcome to Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. Uh, let me introduce myself. I always forget to do that. My name is Arman. I am one of the leaders of this church. Uh, if you notice, Pastor Mark is not here, so in behalf of him, uh, welcome to Life in the Sun. Uh, I started attending this church back in 1996, but I did not really give my life until 1999. So I was, uh, <laughs> probably you've experienced that yourself. <laughs> but last week, if you were here, we celebrated our 26-year anniversary. So yay! And since I've been here since 96, I've seen people come, grow, and I've also sadly seen people come and left their fate. I mean, sad story, but hey. That's, uh, we make choices. Some of them is not the best. And I say that really because our topic for today is really one that uh, is in that area. What, what it is that, why is it that we abandon faith? Why is it that uh, as great as the promise of God is, perhaps there are uh, struggles in life and there is struggles in life. I mean, if you're not struggling in life, tell us what is the secret to that, Okay. <laughs> But there are struggles in life. The fact that we live this life, and it was even promised by Jesus that in this world, you will have trouble. And that's one of the promises that we don't like to read and we don't want to accept. And we shouldn't, okay? But of course, behind that, he said, but I have overcome the world, okay? So, so today, that would be the story. Uh, it's a story of waiting, faith and waiting. Yeah. Exciting, right? <laughs> no, it's not. But, but hey... It's important if we want to, just like the series says, unwavering, if we want to be at the end of our life, and and I'll pull that, uh, though it's not in the PowerPoint, let me start with that anyway, since I already started. At the end, uh, this series, as you have, if you've been following with us, we know we had some uh, in between. If you've been following, this is really looking at the life of Abraham, which we call the father of faith, all right? But at the end of Abraham's life, God appeared to his son Isaac in Genesis chapter 26. And God told Isaac, which was so beautiful, said, Your father, Abraham, has obeyed my voice, taken uh, 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 heed to my charge, heed to my commandment, my statutes, and my laws. Imagine that God would appear to your children and would declare it to your children that your father did not waver in his faith. That through his entire life, he followed my voice. He took the charge that I have given him. He took the commandments, the laws, and everything that I told him. Wouldn't that be a great experience? Imagine that. Of course, if you passed on, you wouldn't know. Well, if you are in heaven, you would, okay? You can just ask God. So today, we're going to be talking about faith and waiting. So before we do that, let's just go ahead and uh, one last prayer, or later on we'll pray some more. But let's just pray to begin, okay? Father, thank you for the life of man such as Abraham that we can learn from their experience. We can take upon the examples of their life, and we can apply it to our life so that we, just like him, can be charged at the end of our life that we did well, that we did not uh, went to the left or to the right, But we obeyed your voice, we took the charge that you have given to us, the purpose, the calling that you have given to us, and we completed it in our lifetime. So Father, allow our ears to hear, our hearts to absorb what you have for us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
So we are on week five of this series, and week one began with really the... uh, Go ahead and show the first verse, Genesis chapter 12. So this is the very first... uh, uh, This is where we are introduced to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, at this point it's still Abram, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Make a note of that. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And week one began by this is how God pretty much introduces himself. It's through a relationship. And Pastor, uh, Brother Lawrence shared that with us, how he himself, how he had had that initial encounter and relationship with God. And if you're here and you already have that, that just reflect back on your own story. How did you meet God? My meeting with God was really, I think I was in the bottom of the rock. You know how the prodigal son is, it says he hit bottom. I think I can relate with that. I also was at the bottom of the rock. I had no other option. And the way I, I gave my life to God was, okay, Lord, I will try your way. Because <laughs> it seems like my way does not work, so I will try your way. So uh, come 1999, ever since then, I've been part of this assembly. I've... Uh, I've done soundboard, I've done uh, live group, I've done this. I, I just stuck myself here. I did not know everything that God has for me. I did not know all the plans. I did not hear a, 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 a voice like this saying, Armin, leave your work, go to this. No, I did not hear that. Okay, I did not have an experience like Abraham. Some of you may have, some of you may have, may have heard a prophetic voice just uh, bringing a calling in your life, bringing a purpose in your life, and that's good. Stay there, okay? Now, let's look at Abraham. Of course, God says, leave your family. Did uh, Abraham do that? If you know this story, he took Lot with him, isn't it not? And Lot became a lot of problem for Abraham. He has to be rescued twice, nearly escaping his own life, okay? Through the fire. Who's that, earth, wind, and fire? He escaped his life through the fire, But yet, God continued with his life. But imagine that you will be a great nation and everything or all the families on the earth shall be blessed. And church, in this uh, this, uh, faith journey, we always have a misunderstanding sometimes. We do not always get it right the first time. When God speaks to us, it's not like we get it right away or the next day we go on. No. As, as we go, and if you've been listening to the life of Abraham, or if you've been doing your own reading, you know that. There's a lot of struggles in his life, a lot of questions, a lot of doubts also. I think there's some doubts, and not, maybe not a lot, but there were some doubts, okay? So this is his beginning. So the promise to Abraham was to bless him. Why? Because there was also a great purpose for him. That was last week's message from Pastor Mark. And just like our founding pastor, Taylor Stewart, who 26 years ago picked up everything from North Carolina and moved back to an island called Guam, it's almost the same story. So let's pick up. Go ahead and show the verse, uh, next verse. Now, <clears throat> a couple of years later, later on we'll see how many years had passed. So Abraham, so God promised Abraham, I will bless you, I will make you into a great nation. 
So we pick up in chapter 15, and this is what uh, God tells Abraham. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Then Abraham said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my household, indeed, one born in my household is my heir. God just told Abraham, Do not be afraid. I am your shield. I am your very great reward. And what is the question that Abraham asked? Lord, what will you give me? You see a contradiction of how he reacted? God said, I am your very, I am your exceedingly great reward. But Lord, what will you give me? Lord, I have, I have been childless. So we know. We know his dilemma. We know his struggle. God, you promised me that I will be a great nation, but yet I am childless. I do not have an heir. And the one who's not even my born in my family would be my heir, Eliezer of Damascus. So picking up a uh, uh, verse 4, it says, And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. God, what? Answers the very question that Abraham asked. Okay? We, in, our, in this uh, life journey called faith, we would always have questions about God. David had so many questions with God. Oh, Lord, how long, oh, Lord? Ever heard, come across that in Psalms where David was just really contemplating and is just bringing out his heart and said, Oh, Lord, how long will I suffer? Oh, Lord, when will you do this? Oh, Lord, when will it come? It's almost like, how long will I run away from Saul who's pursuing me when all I'm doing is correct? Abraham had the same questions. Okay? How, oh, Lord, how will this happen? I mean, you bless me. Yes, you bless me tremendously, exceedingly, but I still do not have an heir. I go childless. So then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. Now, of course, we know the story. Okay? There's no, there's no, what they call this, there's no suspense anymore. We know that out of Abraham came the nation of what? Israel. Okay? But yet, Israel only consists of 0.2% of the world population. I mean, there's no, really, there's no suspense here because <laughs> we already know. Yes, they, they became a great nation. They are so great now. Week chapter, that was week two. Pastor Mark talked about that regarding the word of, uh, the, regarding the word of God. They are such a great nation. But what I want you to see is how Abraham has his own questions with God. And when Abraham had questions, what did God do? God answered his question. Okay, so in your time of questioning, go ahead. It's okay. Question God. I love doing that. I love asking God questions. I get answers sometimes. I don't get sometimes. It's probably just because it's not time. Okay, that's probably the reason. Now, next verse, Genesis chapter 17. Now, here's, this is really our main text, Genesis chapter 17. I just went in order so we can get the, an idea what's going on. Then God said to Abraham... So now after chapter 15 is chapter 16. <laughs> Did you get me? <laughs> Before 17 is 16. What happened in chapter 16? Uh, Sarai, who is Abraham's wife, gave uh, her maidservant to Abraham. 
And Abraham had a son whose name was Ishmael. So we jump to chapter 17 and says, Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be from her. The promise to Abraham was what? You're going to be a father of nations. In chapter 12, Abraham did not fully comprehend that at chapter 12. Okay? He had an idea of what God is saying. You're going to be a great nation. So chapter 15, as we just said earlier, okay, God, I still don't have a child. My heir would be Eliezer. God said, no, he would not be your heir, but one that would come out of your own body. Okay, then perhaps it's Ishmael because he is my son through my own body. You're getting, you're getting the progression here? So now he's telling God, uh, where did we go? 17. But now God really tells Abraham, no, it's not... Uh, I think I'm going ahead of myself. Let me just read. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. So he now has Ishmael as his son through the bondservant Hagar. Okay? Okay? It's his son. So you can see that Abraham did not fully understand the purposes of God and the big promise that God has for him. What he knows is, God, you told me I will be a great nation. Okay, Eliezer is now going to be the heir, but it's one coming from my, own, from my own body. Okay, then perhaps Ishmael is. So Lord, may Ishmael walk before you. No, finally at chapter 17, God lays it all out for Abraham. He said, no. Sarah, it would be through Sarah. If you are going to be a father of nation, then your wife Sarah would be a mother of all nations. Anybody named Sarah here? No? Okay, princess, you're a princess. That's what it means. Sarai is a dominant, uh, the word Sarai comes from the Russian word Tsar, which is really a dominating one. But Sarah becomes the princess. So from the, the king of nation to the mother of nations, Okay. Then God said, No, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. Go ahead. 20. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall beget 12 princes, and I will make him into a great nation, make him a great nation, but my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this set time next year. Then he finished talking with God, and God went up from Abraham. Ishmael becomes really the Arab nations. And also within your reading, you'll probably come across where it says, Ishmael will always be against his own brother. Okay? So we see out of these three passages that Abraham... I mean, yes, he is called the father of faith, but you can see he also had his questions. Abraham didn't get it all at once when God gave him a big promise. And just like us, I've been walking with the Lord since 1999. When I first heard prophecies about what, what, I can, what God has called me to do, I went and I looked at myself, really, Lord? This is me. It's like I saw myself at the bottom of the mountain, 
and the call of God in my life was on top of the mountain. I look at myself in the natural. Really, Lord? I look at myself, I look at the call of God. Really, Lord? <laughs> I look at myself again, I look at the Lord. And perhaps that's how you feel. You feel like, wow, how can I be called to such great things? How can God have such a great promise for me? But I love it when God said, I will, the first thing that God told Abraham is, I will bless you. I will bless you so great. Why? Because the purpose is so great. That's why I will bless you so great. Amen? But throughout his lifetime, uh, just to see throughout his lifetime, let's go ahead and show the next uh, PowerPoint just to give you an idea what's going on. This is, the, this is his age during his faith pilgrimage. So to give you an idea how long Abraham had to wait. In Genesis chapter 12, Abraham was 75 years old. That's his first revelation of who Yahweh is. Okay? At the birth of Ishmael, he was already 86. So uh, we, we didn't read chapter 16. I did say chapter after 15 and 16, so he's already 86. And then he was 99 years old. Uh, Yahweh's third revelation, that's third, I'm sorry. That's not this, but uh, third revelation. In Genesis chapter 17, when God said, no, it's not Ishmael, but through Sarah, she will become the mother of nations. He was 99 years old. 24, then 100 years old, he was at the chapter 17. And then at the birth of Isaac, he was 100 years old. The promise came when he was 75 years old. How many of you had been waiting for 25 years for a promise of God? Okay, so far, nobody has waited that long. That's, whew, that's a relief, okay? That's good. But yet, we all have prayers. We all have desires in our heart. We have all these longing dreams that we're waiting for. And, so, and, and, and when it's not coming to fruition, what happens? We get discouraged. We sometimes, we, like what I said earlier, sometimes we walked out. We walk out from the promises of God just because it's, it's so long. It's, Lord, what's going on? We ask questions sometimes we don't get. But yet he died at the age of 175. Abraham walked with the Lord for 100 years, and I love it. And that's why I began by saying, when God appeared to Isaac, God told Isaac, your father has been faithful. He did not waver in his faith. He obeyed my voice. He took the charge that I gave him. He took the commandment. He took the, the statues, and he took the laws. Isn't that great? We know that uh, Billy Graham just recently passed away. Can you imagine just, uh, who's his son, Franklin? Can you imagine God appearing to Franklin and saying, your father has obeyed my voice. He's taking the charge that I have given him, and he did well. I mean, that would be a picture of a revelation. I mean, I mean it's amazing just thinking about it. My mind cannot really wrap my, uh, things around it. But see, church, the whole point is we say there's a great blessing, a great call on Abraham. And because there was such a great call, there was also a great blessing. I, I know sometimes people uh, might say, oh, we talk so much of blessings. But the blessing always equals the calling. I believe even the blessing sometimes over exceeds the calling. The reason why sometimes we don't really receive the blessing, it's probably because of a character flaw. We never get to the full sanctification that God is uh, trying to do in our life. But can you imagine if Abraham wavered in his faith? You know, one of the promises that God told Abraham, that through you, Abraham, all the families of the earth will be blessed. You may not know this, but you are actually benefiting from that promise. 
In the natural, you are benefiting from that promise. Let me show you. Who among you has a cell phone? Anybody has a cell phone? Everybody? Are you sure everybody has a cell phone? No, I don't believe it. I don't think everybody has a cell phone. Everybody has a cell phone? Yes. In your cell phone, I'm pretty sure there's a chip in there that is either manufactured, researched, and developed in Israel. Anybody has a PC or a tablet? No? If you have a PC, if you think there's a, if you have a PC, then your Intel is either researched, developed, or manufactured in Israel. Your antiviruses are researched, developed in Israel. Your Viber comes from Israel. Okay, your SMS messaging. How many of you lived before SMS? <laughs> no, I think, you're, I think we're a younger generation. Most of you don't, uh, you would not even survive without SMS now. You wouldn't survive with your Viber, with your, uh, with, with your device. Well, we did, <laughs> okay. But all of that, it's either researched, developed, or it was manufactured in Israel, okay? That's how much it is. That's how much they're changing the world. Pastor Mark in week two talked about the Nobel Prize. The Nobel Prize is given to individuals who made a remarkable contribution for humanity. As of 2017, there has been 902 Nobel Prize recipients. Out of that 902, 203 are Jewish. 203 are Jewish. God promised Abraham that through your seed, all the families of the earth will be blessed. 202 or 3 out of 902 recipients are Jewish. It is given to individuals who made a remarkable contribution in the area of literature, peace, physics, medicine. Okay? Let me show you how, how beneficial it is. I see Opie holding those little antimicrobial hand wash. How many of you have used that? No, you haven't used that? How many of you have been to the clinic, to the doctor, and they've given you antibiotics? Whenever you go surgery, they give you antibiotics. Okay, whenever you have a sore throat and it has not gone for 10 days, what do they prescribe to you? Antibiotics. Do you know the origin of antibiotics? In 1928, a man named Alexander Fleming discovered penicillin, or if you're whatever part of the world you are, you might pronounce it as penicillin. We pronounce it as penicillin. Okay, we're from, the, we're from this side. Okay, mind the pronunciation. Don't mind the pronunciation, okay? Penicillin is the very first antibiotics that was ever discovered. Alexander Fleming, okay? But in 1931, he abandoned his research because it was not his field. He could not find a way to isolate the bacteria. So he said, it doesn't make sense to mass produce it and it will not work for human. It will not work for human. So he abandoned it. But it was credited to him that he was the one that discovered the, anti the first antibiotic, which is called penicillin. But a person, person's name, Howard Plemy and... Uh, and Ernst Chain, who is Jewish, took it farther. They researched it, and they were the ones who were able to isolate the bacteria, and they were able to mass-produce penicillin. In 1945, 
Chain, along with his partner Howard, received the Nobel Prize for Medicine. How many of you have benefited from antibiotics? Every other antibiotics could be, could be uh, what they call this, could be traced back to the first ever uh, discovery. So a Jewish man made a contribution to humanity. It says that in war, gunshot wounds is not really the number one cause of death. It's the infection that happens after they've been shot. Pneumonia is a number, is, is a, I mean, we, we disregard how serious it is, but people have died of pneumonia, pneumonia. Tuberculosis, my father contacted tuberculosis, and, and so far, he's, uh, because of uh, antibiotics, he's able to survive. We don't know it, but we're actually benefiting from the great promise that God has given to Abraham. But can you imagine if he wavered? Can you imagine if uh, after, uh, when he was at the age of 86, he said, Lord, I give up. I don't know what you really want to do. I, I cannot walk this walk anymore. It's just too much. The world would have been written so differently if Abraham would have given up on his faith. Would you agree? We probably do not have an iPhone. Facial recognition on the iPhone. Research manufactured in Israel. Jewish. I mean, you look at that. I mean, uh, I, mean I, I love the area of uh, firearms when it comes to Israel. The Iron Dome. We had the TAD, the ones that deployed in uh, the northern uh, airfield. They have the Iron Dome. 95 to 99% accuracy. They just released the F-35. Let me be a man, okay? Let me just talk about <laughs> the F-35. For those of you who know who are into the, 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 uh, the F-35 is the latest jet that what? Boeing has released. Propriety rights does not allow you to modify that. That's their property. Only one country is allowed to modify it, Israel. Why? Because they're more advanced in their guidance system than Boeing. And they don't want to sell it to Boeing. <laughs> and who would, right? In the area of agriculture, how many of you are into organic food, health stuff? Yeah, I see some hands. Organic. Israel is advanced in organic farming by 50 years. If your food comes from California, then they probably is you, they're probably, the farms in California are probably using what they call bio bees. They've engineered bees. They're engineered bees so that you don't, they, they're producing harvest of produce much more without, uh, without chemicals. What did they do? They engineered bees. They engineered uh, fruit flies. How did they get uh, rid of fruit flies? They would capture the fruit flies, sterilize the male, release them back, and slowly their population dies out. Rodent, what do they use? Barn owls. It's like all organic. So tell me, if, if Abraham would have wavered in his, uh, in his faith, the world would have been written differently. And this is my charge, church. God has given us a calling at the same way. Pastor Mark's message, this was Pastor Mark's message, purpose. This, my message is, in the time, from the time that God spoke to you until 25 years later, and hopefully it doesn't take that long, it could be, okay? So I asked God one time, Lord, why is it? Why did it took you 20, 24 years to tell Abraham that you are almighty God? Because uh, in, in when God t 
tells Abraham an answer, God always begins by saying, we read chapter 15, God began by saying, Abraham, I am your shield, I am your protection, don't be afraid, and I am your exceedingly great reward. And then he tells Abraham that no, it would be through, uh, your, own, uh, through your own uh, body. And then in chapter 17, it really begins by saying, Abraham, I am almighty God. That's what he said. So I asked the Lord one time, Lord, why is it? Why did, it, why did you have to wait 24 years before you tell Abraham that you are almighty God? Why didn't you just start it in the beginning in chapter 12? Abraham, I am, all, I am El Shaddai. You know, and, and I think what I got was in chapter 22. It had to go through the process of time. That Abraham needs to go through the process of waiting so that when the time came for Isaac to be born and when the time come, came for Isaac to be, or Abraham to be tested, for Isaac to be sacrificed, Abraham did not even, no doubt, this time he was a different man. He, when God said, take your son, your only son, see, in the eyes of God, Abraham only had one son. So take your son, your only son, whom you love, take him to the mountain, I will show you and sacrifice him there. This time, Abraham just picked up, picked up took a three-day journey, put Isaac on the, I don't know, on the altar, ready to, uh, ready to stab him. It's like, wow. Why? Because the process of, of time that Abraham had with Christ or with, uh, with God. That's why at the time when he was really tested, Abel, uh, Abel, Abraham did not waver. Amen? Now, really quick. So how? Go ahead, next. So how do we keep our faith in God while waiting? This is really the most crucial crunch time in our faith walk, in our pilgrimage. Abraham took 25 years or, uh, until the promise finally came. And those are really the times, as, as, as I showed you, there were questions in Abraham's life. There were struggles in Abraham's life. There was misunderstanding. There were confusion. And if truth be told, and we're honest to ourselves, we would fall under the same thing. Isn't it not? We have questions. We have struggles in our own life. Like what I said, if you don't have a struggle, tell us the secret. Perhaps we can learn. But how do we do it? <clears throat> well, really quickly. Running out of time. Well, Taylor, Pastor Taylor, as I said, who was our pounding pastor, used to tell us before, in your walk with God, rejoice when it's time to rejoice. Celebrate when it's time to celebrate. But when it's, when that, uh, when it's going gets tough, the tops get going, right? But when the times of the valley comes, if you have to crawl, crawl, okay? But don't give up. That's what he always say. Don't give up. Don't give up. Peter, or in John chapter 6, verse 68, Jesus gave a very, uh, a very challenging sermon where it says, eat my, eat my body and drink my blood. That's what he said. And a lot of his uh, followers uh, abandoned him. So he turned to the disciples and said, will you also abandon me now? And Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Church, exactly. When, when life gets tough, who else would you run to? Just like Peter, I hope that resonates in your heart. To whom shall you go? Nobody else. I mean, uh, promises, uh, I don't want to go too far, but even the promises of man will fail because the promises of man are only 
dependent on time and opportunity and what they can provide. Only God can be, only in God can we be secure in, the, in his promises. So how do we keep it while waiting? First one is we keep, go ahead, we got to just continue to walk with God regardless, okay? With the struggles, with the misunderstanding, with the confusion, continue to walk with God. Where else would you hide? David said it once in Psalms. Where can I hide from your presence? If I go to the, high, to the high places, the low places, anywhere, God is there. So why not? In your lowest place, that is the best time to be with the Lord. Amen? If you fail, get up. Okay, I love how Pastor Ferdy, uh, you guys didn't get a chance, but when we were in Saipan, we had Pastor Ferdy Kabiling from the Philippines, who was their guest speaker. The man, three years ago, who, who was at his uh, 50th birthday, ran from the southern tip of Philippines all the way to the northern tip of Philippines, running 50 kilometers a day for less than 50 days at the age of 50. 50, 50, 50. He was 50 years old, running 50 kilometers a day for uh, 50 days. So one of the things that was brought up was we were discussing, so how do you, what, what do you do when you're in pain? So he said, pain, well, what can you do? Pain is there. So you gotta learn to manage pain, and you keep running. I, I, I was like, I was, uh, it was so, such a, it was, so, it was so different just to hear it. What do you do, church? When you're crawling, you keep crawling. When you're in pain, when you're in struggle, you keep going. Taylor said, go ahead, keep crawling. If you have to crawl to be in the church, crawl to the church, okay? But that's how we do when times are tough. We just got to keep walking with God. Abraham did it, all right? And then what else? Abraham pretty much just relied on the word of God. But the great thing about it is every time God would answer Abraham, he always begins by telling Abraham one of his character, one of his nature. And, that, uh, uh, and that's what, what, one thing about uh, staying in the word. Go ahead and put up number two. So how do we keep our faith in God while waiting? Continue to walk with God, then continue to be in the word of God. Where else would you run to? Going back to that passage that I was just mentioning, Peter said, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And Jesus said that the words that comes out of him is really life. It's the spirit. It's life, church. There's no, uh, I've, uh, I've said this a couple of times. I've been, I guess I've been saved since 99. I really don't know how to do life any other way. I mean, if I really don't, uh, I really don't know how to do life any other way. So whether uh, uh, it's a struggle, is it, uh, is it all good? It's much better to be in this side. I guess it's much better to be in the side of Christ than to be outside of Christ. Amen? Continue in the word of God. Look for God in, in his word, in his promises. Amen? And then as you do this, this is really called abiding in him. Well, what does the, the Bible tells us? That when we abide in him and he in us, we bear much fruit. Going back to the story of Abraham, I believe that's why when it's time, when the testing of Abraham came, when God said, give me Isaac, Abraham was ready. Why? Because he's been walking with the Lord, tough times and great times. He's continued to hear the promises of God that no, it's not Eliezer, it's going to be through your own loins. No, it's not Ishmael, it's going uh, to be Isaac. God even named his son. Through, the, through him, 
nations will be built upon you. You will benefit the entire nation. And as we continue to abide in him, we will bear fruit. And that's the third point. Continue to bear fruit. While you're waiting for the promise to come, to, for the fulfillment of the promise, stay. Abide. Continue your prayer. Continue your reading. Continue life group. Continue coming to church and hearing Pastor Mark and Chris and Ben and Lawrence. Where else did I miss? Ruel, right? Continue reading. Continue being in the spirit. And church, uh, faith, is, faith and patience go hand in hand together. We, what, is the, one of the, what is the first fruit of the Holy Spirit? Love. What is the very first characteristic of love? Patient. Be patient. There's no other way to wait upon the promises of God but to wait for it patiently. And just like Abraham, may we also be found unwavering in our faith. I mean, I would love it to hear when I'm dead and I'm up in heaven that God that the Holy Spirit or whoever God sends down here to my, to my uh, descendant and say, your father uh, heeded my voice, he obeyed my voice, took his charge, did exactly what he was told to do. I mean, I would love to hear that from up in the heavens when, I'm, when I've, I've passed on. I mean, that is a, a wonderful thing to hear. I believe so. But I'm not really, in, I'm not in a hurry to die, okay, just to make sure. But I would really love to hear it from the Lord. Amen? So, Lord, that's my charge to us. That in our waiting for the promises of God, yes, there's a great blessing for us because there's also a great purpose that matches that. We got, we're here to what? We're here, we exist to honor God and to make disciples in Micronesia and beyond. Taylor puts it, uh, when we first uh, began with Taylor Stewart, it's really life in the sun, Christian fellowship exists or uh, we are a multicultural church with a heart to fashionably love Jesus Christ and to bring the islands of Micronesia into the intimate knowledge of who he is. And he would always tell us that uh, men give up, but a man in love will always keep the fight going. A man in love never gives up. If you're in love with God, there's really nowhere to go. Okay, amen? So may we all be counted as unwavering in our faith. Amen? Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. That was so fast. Can I just get the worship team? I'll just end in prayer, and then we'll end with the worship, and we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you for the man of the Bible, for the man, Father, like such as Abraham, such as Moses, just as Joshua, Father, man of faith, Father, the patriarchs, Father, who grew and stayed in their faith, Father. And Lord, I just pray, Father, today that as we are in this place. And Lord, each of us has received different promises. Each of us are in a place, Father, of waiting and just waiting. Each of us has our own desire that we're waiting for. And Father, I just pray for us, Father, that our hearts, Father, may we just know, O oh Lord, not to give up. May we, just like Pastor Ferdinand said, you deal with the pain and you keep going on. Lord, if we have fallen, we have stumbled, a righteous man may fall seven times, but he would always get up. And Father, thank you that our righteousness is secure in Christ. So Father, I pray for those right now who are in that place or feeling down, Father. I pray for their spirit to rise up. Rise up, O oh Lord. Continue the fight. Continue to walk with you. 
Continue in the word of God. Continue to abide in you that we may bear fruit, Father. Thank you, O Lord. Thank you, O Lord. Lord, there is no other word that we can depend on. There is no other promises, Father, but only your word, Father. Man can give promises, but it's still dependent on opportunities and what they are able to do. But Lord, you alone, Father, as Peter said, to whom else can we go but you have the words of eternal life so father i pray for our church and i pray for our people lord those that who are in this place father i pray you bring comfort to them you bring encouragement to them i just even pray father that you lift them up right now in the name of jesus lift them up oh holy spirit in jesus name those who's been waiting for their healing for their job for their, uh, a better job, a better opportunities, Father. Thank you, O Lord, that in Galatians you said that those who belong to Christ are the true children of Abraham, that we are heirs of Abraham, and the promise to Abraham belongs to us. So, Father, I speak that to our hearts, that we will know that there is a blessing upon us because there is also a great calling in us. May we not waver, Father, in our faith. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen.